Hey, Life Ridge, last Wednesday night we had Worship Well, our soul care night, and we were talking about the topic of soul care. And we had a conversation with Sarah Schnacki, who is a counselor, kind of from a Christian perspective. She's a mental health professional, but she had really good insights on identity and on this topic of our soul. And I wanted to share it with you guys. So please give this a listen. It's just a few minutes, but it's really good stuff. So um, thanks for listening to this. And we hope the next time uh, Worship Well is on the calendar, you will come out and join us. Thanks so much for listening. Our soul is like an inner stream of water, which gives strength, direction, and harmony to every other element of our life. When that stream is as it should be, we are constantly refreshed and exuberant in all we do because our soul itself is then profusely rooted in the vastness of God and his kingdom, including, including nature and all else within us is enlivened and directed by that stream. So as we, as we watch that video um, and, we, and we look at scripture and we hear that, um, the, the term soul, what we're really trying to wrap our heads around and capture is something that is both both a part of who we are at, at the deepest level, so our deepest self, and then also our fullest self. As, as the, the video talks about, it's, it, it has, it's got a physical component in our, in our physical bodies as well. And, uh, and Tom even brought that up. We, we were talking, he said, when my soul's not healthy, I can feel it in my body. That was interesting, um, but a very good insight too. In other words, your soul is all of you inside and out. A couple more, um, just a couple more takes at at def- definitions of the soul, just for different sort of brains and, and how we how we unpack this information. Uh, another one from Dallas Willard. He gives a few. Uh, this one is the dimension of the person that interrelates all the other dimensions so that they form one life. It is the deepest level of life and power in the human being or the whole person. He goes on to liken it to a person's operating system that runs and connects the different aspects of our being. So he uses that one for, it's kind of like a left brain, right brain, right brain. He's got his operating system and his stream of water. So whichever one of those resonates with you or helps you better understand it. So when we talk about soul care, we're first and foremost talking about cultivating a healthy inner life with God because that's at the core of, of a healthy soul. And as we've been talking for a number of weeks about the fully formed life, that's the campaign we've been in. We've been talking about spiritual formation from this, from this standpoint of, of our entire lives. So not just our brains, not just our hearts, but our entire lives and our entire beings being formed into the likeness of God. And so, so we're talking tonight about soul care and what it means to care for our soul because a restored soul is a soul at rest. A soul at rest is a soul satisfied. That can only truly happen when we are in communion with God. We're going to talk for a few minutes. Uh, I'm going to invite up Sarah. Sarah Schnacki's here with us. And I'm going to ask her some questions. I'm going to let her introduce herself in just a moment. We're going to keep stay on this topic of, of soul care. And, um, and Sarah works in this world a little bit, and she's got a, a great perspective on it. So I, and she's, super, she's just super sharp. So I, I was excited to have her come and share with us a little bit tonight. Um, hi, Sarah. How are you? Is it on? We need it. Oh, sorry. Yeah, there's a button on it. We need it for the podcast. That's why. That's really why we're using the mics. Hi. Hi. Okay, great. There she is. Now my podcast voice is on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. You sound very official. All right. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your work, and what you do. 
Yeah, um, I am Sarah Schnacki, and I operate a local ministry for women that is really all about creating unique spaces for women to learn, connect, and grow um, among community. And that happens in community-based events like workshops or Bible studies um, or speaking events, but it also happens at an individualized level in counseling services that I offer as a marriage and family therapist. Great. Do you have an office nearby by any chance? I do. Thanks for asking. It's actually just across the street at the Loop Commons. Perfect. That's very cool. So our topic, like I said, is soul care. (laughs) And so we're, we're we're discussing the soul. Um, can you talk about that from, from the perspective of the work you do? Yeah. How does it connect to the work that you do? Yeah. So like you mentioned, the, the soul is our deepest and our fullest selves. And to me, that brings up two points. One is the importance of holistic care. Um, looking at emotional, intellectual, physical, spiritual, relational parts of our lives and recognizing that they're all very interconnected. Um, covering then the fullest self. Um, So if one area is a little wonky, our soul is going to be a little wonky, and we're going to feel that in those other areas of life. And in fact, even as a therapist, at times we measure distress by asking how many areas of your life is this symptom impacting you. And usually it is the more areas the more distress that person's having. So to truly provide care for your soul, then you're gonna be looking at a few different areas in your life. You're not gonna just be able to look at one isolated thing like some of us want it to be a quick fix, but um, it's not going to be. The second thing that the soul brings up to me is how important knowing yourself and being known is too. Because if we're gonna go to the deepest self, Um, as you called it, the true soul care then has to be extremely personalized. Getting to the root of things and knowing how to speak truth either to yourself or to someone else and actually care for yourself, care for others in a way where that person or yourself is going to feel actually listened to, um, communicate in a way that they understand and that they can connect to and then will actually move into action requires really knowing that person, right? And you have to know yourself to know what you need to speak into you too. Um, And so we do this relationally with each other. Some relationships are better at that than others probably and appropriately so. Um, Counselors do that too to some level plus you add in the training about that holistic care. Um, But ultimately really there is one best soul carer, shall I say. Um, But I think that's going to be related to another question you have. So I'll stop there. Yeah, I love what you said about just knowing and being known, you know, Mm -hmm. knowing God, being known. I think uh, that's a core desire that we all have to truly be understood when we feel there's there's nothing quite as frustrating for people as when you feel misunderstood. Like whether it's because you can't communicate or it's because people aren't listening or whatever, that's that's something that we sort of all have experienced. And it, requi- and it ends up leading to extra pain, extra hurt, yeah, um, yeah, which yeah. can lead down a further path of injury. Yeah, for sure. All right, next. So I was listening recently to a, a podcast with, uh, I don't remember her name, Kara something Powell, I think, Kara Powell. She's from the Fuller Youth Institute, and they've been doing research on, um, on identifying core needs in, in teens. And the three that they've identified, they did a bunch of research, they interviewed a bunch of people, a bunch of young people. And the three they identified were identity, belonging, and purpose. And then they, they sort of like, from there, they, they did more research and realized that wasn't really 
a teen-specific thing, but it, it's, it's huge during those formative years. So um, I just wanted to know how, how that idea of identity, belonging, and purpose, as we talk about our soul and, like, and the, the, the core needs that we have in our soul, and, um, and how does that resonate with your work, with young people, with adults, um, and how does it connect to this idea of caring for our souls? I really appreciate this question in the context of this specific conversation because I have found even in my own work that despite what someone brings in, you know, I'm anxious about this, I have depression about that, I'm lonely, I'm not sure what my purpose is or what I'm doing in life, it all ends up coming back to two questions. Who are you and whose are you? Um, and, and what ends up being most freeing for them is a better understanding of who they are. Uh, their identity. And so it's exactly listed there. And I'm glad you said that the research shows it's not really just a teen thing, because I was going to say, I'm not sure we ever grow out of that. <laughs> um, and as followers in Christ, I'll make it a little more specific that those core needs don't change. Identity, belonging, purpose, it's that we have a source to go to for that. Though I think over the course of life, we often need to be reminded of that, because our life circumstances change, our life stages change, and that you know, jiggles things around in our minds. And so it's going back to Genesis 1, identifying who our creator is, recognizing no one can know you better than a creator can, right? Um, and that he made us to be image bearers. That is the core of our identity, yes. And then the fun part of that, I think, is that it doesn't actually stop there. Our God is a creative God, which means now we get to go on an exploration journey with him um, as our processor, identifying what are the, what's the wiring that he gave us, the skills and the giftings that he ended up giving us when we accepted Christ as our Savior? Um, what are the experiences we've had in our childhood or in our life that he has now transformed and made for our good and for the good of um, growing the kingdom? And that's really the whole of your God-given identity. Um, and it is really fun to do that work, though sometimes it does feel like work to get and, sh and sift through all of that. Um, but that whole God-given identity is then what we use to love him and love our neighbor, like that video said. That's what we do to serve as his image bearer, that initial core element of our identity. And then from there, I mean, the belonging and the purpose is all going to flesh out, um, but it starts with with uncovering and unwrapping the identity and getting rid of the garbage that we have created ourselves to be here. Yeah, totally. All right, so pivoting a little bit, um, this is called soul care. And obviously, if we, we might conflate it with self-care, which is a very popular term or topic. How do you see, where, where, where do you see similarities between the two concepts, but then where would you differentiate between the two? I really like the topic of self-care because I like being one of the few mental health professionals that says I don't like self-care. Um, I actually, I, I really just don't like how it's promoted today. I think it's been really overused and, and broken down into something that I'm not sure it meant to be, but, but there is some underlying helpfulness in it. Yes, um, you know, similar to what we talked about with soul care, it promotes a multifaceted approach. So it does invite you to look at your mental health, your um, physical health, your spiritual health, which is, which is great. So it doesn't, um, 
it doesn't leave out a piece of that. What I would say is different is self-care is more promoted to find practices that can make dealing with life stressors easier. And that might not be inherently bad or wrong as we hear it, um, but it's an emphasis on doing things to deal with things. And I think that puts the control back in our hands. Um, and not to mention, it just adds things to the to-do list. Um, rather, soul care then is not just a list of practices. While I think soul care may involve practices, um, it's really an approach to your wholeness that I think takes a look at the bigger picture. Um, how things are interwoven together as your life progresses and, and working through what might need to be worked through, celebrating where God has brought you and where you can celebrate. Um, and that it doesn't then just make you a better functioning being, um, like I think self-care promotes. It actually makes you a more whole and rooted being, like soul care would promote. Yeah, I like that. I think, I think we'll talk about this a little bit in this next question too, but I... I think of, I mean, I hear a lot about like finding your your true self, right? That idea of like my true self, and I think sometimes I think of um, pursuing that outside of identity in Christ, right? Um, and so it comes from that same basic longing of like who am mm-hmm. I, and having this core desire to discover that and to have other people know that. Um, but I think so many people are pursuing that outside of this framework of I'm first and foremost a child of God, you know. Um, And then, again, so going into this next question, um, kind of piggybacking on that self-care idea. In our culture, we definitely like uh, quick fixes. We like, uh, you know, things to get better quickly. Um, Can you talk about a couple examples, be them mental, emotional, relational, whatever they are, but uh, quick fixes or Band-Aids that you see as... um, poorly addressing symptoms of a deeper need for soul transformation. Yeah, and and some, I think, are obvious to all of us, right? Social media now, um, drugs, alcohol, sex can be, even sex within a marital relationship, I think, can be an avoidance tactic at times. Um, Then avoidance of other relational issues, of course. And then there are things that I think are a little bit more nuanced, like the defense mechanisms that we've created in our mind and that we've used over and over again, like justification of a way that you're behaving or um, not behaving, perhaps. Um, Criticalness of others can absolutely be an avoidance. And there are even um, times that those asking to help others is avoiding their own pain too um, and being the person that needs the help as well. And so with those more nuanced ones, those can even take a little bit of time, I think, observing with the Lord and, um, and asking, are there things I'm doing that is actually avoiding me getting to what you want me to get at? I said to a, a friend, this was not that long ago, he said, man, I just, I really need a vacation. And I was like, hey, you always need a vacation. And so if you always need a vacation, maybe that's not actually what you need, right? Like, there's something deeper going on. And so, like, vacation's great, rest is great, but there's also an element of, like, you mentioned kind of escapism there of, like, if you're just, if you're just avoiding your problems for some time and then, and then you come back around, and, and you're, you're going to be upset, stressed out, mad, again, like immediately, because it's, it's, not, it's not a transformation. It's literally just 
avoiding it for, be it a long weekend or a week or whatever it is. Right. 100%. And if you put it on your credit card, then you're really not uh, making anything better. <laughs> okay, last one. And this is really a, a big part of what these, these Worship Well events are all about. So in the church, we often talk about going deeper in our faith. Do you connect the idea of going deeper? Do you connect that to soul care at all? And if so, how? I do in the sense that I don't think soul care can, be, can simply be surface level. And so, I mean, it, you're tending to the deepest self. How can you not go deeper to tend to the deepest self? Um, so it's not going to be um, cared for with platitudes or even, even the Christianese, so to speak, that we hear often of, you know, just pray and just surrender to the Lord. Well, surrender is really hard. And there's a process to surrender that we all have to go through no matter what level of things that we're surrendering. I mean, that's a hard thing. Um, and you have to walk through that whole process with the Lord. Um, I would like to go to scripture here to Ephesians 4, 20 through 24. You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance to the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. I mean, that to me is soul care, right? And there's action in that. And so... You can't do it at a surface level. Yes, we are lucky to have a God who, when he sees us, he sees us cloaked with Jesus Christ already. Um, but there's an invitation to feel the richness of that by doing this of taking off the old self, taking off those old clothes, surrendering that to the Lord and bringing up the new that he is giving us. Um, and that is a sweet, sweet invitation, but again, doesn't necessarily come lightly. And so there is an element of going deeper, whatever that means for us personally, because each of those journeys and stories is going to be different too, according to our needs. That's so good. Yeah. I, I think sometimes we tend to think of depth as related to like maybe theology. It's like the better we understand the Bible or, um, or just uh, behaviors, right? So like I'm deeper because I read my Bible every morning or I never lie. Or, um, those are obviously very good things. But I think a desire to know the Bible better, a desire to learn more about theology, the desire to do those things I think comes from a place of... Um, of getting a, getting a taste of who God is and wanting more, desiring more in your soul, right? So it still comes back to our soul, and then from there, it does. I mean, kind of like Dallas Willard talks about, it connects, to your, it connects to your emotions, it connects to your physical body, it connects to your, to your mind even, and, and wanting to explore and grow and better know God in all those areas. Um, but yeah, this is super good. Uh, thanks so much for, for coming and sharing with us. Really appreciate it. Can you guys give her a hand? You're welcome. Thank you.